Hey there, folks. Welcome back once again. It's the Uticast, episode 138. And this week, we are joined by a trifecta of ladies from Central New York Roller Derby. Uh, we have Outer Limits, Fatal Exception, and Naughty joining us to talk about the 10-year anniversary of C. Uh, NYRD and what they have going forward for the huge year of tournaments, fundraising, recruit, all that. Plus, we have some history lessons talking about the Winter Olympics 2018, uh, the revival of the Uptown Theater, uh, the Poppet Pal, gross, uh, how Raisinets are scamming you, uh, so much more, folks. We are happy to have you back. Oh, yeah. I missed you last week. I did. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I haven't been here in forever. That's how exactly. I'm like, I haven't even looked at the news or done anything. Um, <laughs> before we even get into that, I do. I agree with you. I feel like I am a bit disconnected from the news lately. I just want to be. I want to find. Yeah, out. Is, is that it? <laughs> yeah, just I, just. I don't want anything to do with the news anymore. For now, anyway. Kev, okay, how about you? You feeling connected to the news? You feeling disconnected? I let the black wave wash over me every single day <laughs> with no respite because somebody has to stand guard in face of all the horror. <laughs> uh, well, well, thank you. We will try to stay away from most of the horror today. I have a few small, tiny horror things to talk about, uh, but. I have some interesting things we can get into. I'm very excited to have Heather back, and I'm ready to chastise you for some things. Are you ready? Okay. Social media chat. This chast- has become my new favorite segment where you just... <laughs> Pass like, you don't tell her before we I start. I have no idea. No. I'm like, what are we going to talk about today? And you're like, da 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 And I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, so I saw you put up another poll about Taco Bell this week, about uh, whether you should go <laughs> to Taco Bell, heck? Chipotle, uh, <laughs> both make me poop, or neither. <laughs> Those are your four choices. You put this out here. I don't know why you're mad at me. You put this on the world for us to discuss. Uh, Taco Bell won. I'm glad I did, it did. I did. I'm very proud. And in honor of that, I went to Taco Bell again today. Good. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why. Uh, and then also, though, I want to talk about you exploiting your child for a social media game with your new Instagram profile that you and your husband have made. So... I haven't seen this. What's the new profile? Oh, it's called Adventures with Kaz. Tell us about Adventures with Kaz. Smart. He's <laughs> a cute kid. Exactly. No, it's just that what the thing is. The problem is, not the problem, but a lot of people say that there's not a lot of things you can do active with your children around mm-hmm. here. Sure. And there really are. Within mm-hmm. an hour, there are so many fun things, and we've taken Kaz on so many adventures, so we want to start sharing them and showing people how you can do it and how you can make yeah. it easy, and hmm. I can guide you through that. Well, so. and that's true. I've always I've always liked that about the way that you guys raise your son as you take him out to do all these things mm-hmm. and go to these places and don't really let it hold you back. Like. No. You can still go out and rock climb and hike and camp and do all the things you like to do. So and we and we it's not easy. I'm not gonna no. pretend like it is, but I have we have to be outside. We like to be out there. So we went cross country skiing yesterday, and he came along and played in the snowbank while we skied. You guys are great parents. You, I've seen some of these parents out here in the world. You ever go on? You ever go on our trashy on Reddit and look at some of these parents? No, I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some stuff on there you don't want to see. So yeah. I saw one yesterday. It was a guy at the bar. With the baby Bjorn, right? <laughs> but the baby Bjorn was hanging off the back of the chair while he was sitting at the bar chair. Wow. I can't tell if that's horrendous or kind of a power move. I'm not really <laughs> sure. It's a little bit of both. 
Um, Kevin, how uh, how's your week been? Uh, the week has been good. This week or the past week since the, past the show? Past week since the show. Things were good. Things are busy at work. I'm uh, holding tight until I take some time. I'm taking vacation next week, and I'm excited. I haven't you taken almost vacation? any vacation day. I'm going to go on some, but I'm going to take some more. We're not okay. going to have to change so, recording schedules for your vacation, are we? We, uh, maybe, depending what time I come back from Florida that Monday. Mm-hmm. We might I, have to. So we're we'll good. I'm up. good anytime. Yeah, that's See? Good. That's good. There you that's go. Heather's wide open. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just sort of counting down the days so I can take some time to decompress before spring and summer start in earnest, because once everything starts, it doesn't really slow down again until January. Do you want to talk about where you're going? Uh, oh, you're Florida. Going I am going to Florida to mm-hmm. visit our great friend of the podcast, our friend Pat, and his wife and their lovely daughter. Yeah, GFOP Pat Race. Uh, ride the boat around Fort Lauderdale, oh, uh, yeah. play some guitars, and get some vitamin D. Stay away from It'll the sharks. All right, stay away from the sharks. The alligators is what gets you yeah. down there. Gators. Yeah, I'll do it. So, uh, just real quick before we get into anything else, I just want to remind folks, uh, thanks to the good folks at Maiden Utica, particularly Justin Parkinson, the Maiden Utica, uh, sorry, the Uticast.com website is brand new, updated. Looking, I like it. It looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, I saw it last week. A little more minimal than the way it was before. Yeah, also, doesn't it look quite as early 2000s as yeah, it was. Yeah, it looks good. It's simple. It's easy. It's awesome. Looks real sharp. Check, Check it, it out. out. Yeah, uticast.com. Uh, so, guys, Winter Olympics are going on. Have you been watching the Winter Olympics, Heather? Yes. We, wa- have, we have it on an app, like a, through Apple TV, so we can watch uh, it yeah, anytime. Yeah. I missed, uh, I heard there was some excellent figure skating last night. I was just going to say I, I watched it. figure skating. We were trying to figure this I out like when it. we were watching a couple nights ago, me and Kev. Uh, Figure skating is the big draw, right? Like, if you're the Winter Olympics' biggest, like, go to money event is figure skating, right? I don't think so. I feel like it used to be, but I feel like more style, um, like snowboarding, all of that, like, is getting bigger to watch now. Well, we I wa- think that's drawing more people in. Yeah, I think you're right mm-hmm. about that. We watched that kid, that American kid, Red Gerard, win the snowboarding thing that night. And that was the first, like, uh, I was like, oh, all right, the Olympics. I'm yeah, in. Yeah, I'm digging it. I know. Uh, yo, this is maybe a weird take. I'm kind of liking this Winter Olympics better than the Summer Olympics. Is that weird? I yes. like. Weird I always like winter better than really. The summer. I yeah. feel like I'm always a summer guy because yeah. I like track and field. But I'm enjoying the Winter Olympics, and I'm not meaning to like crap at any of these sports. They're a little bit more strange. They're weirder sports in, in the Winter Olympics than just like run fast for a hundred yards, right? Yeah. There's a little, there's a little something to them. It's a little strange. Um, Couple things I wanted to talk about very quickly. Are you enjoying the Olympic athletes of Russia who are not under the Russian flag? Have you seen this? No. Okay, so Russia's banned from the Olympics. Yep. And but the Russian athletes are not. So they're competing as Olympic athletes from Russia. Okay. Like they I didn't even know what's the point. But are they they win, they I, don't get it. It's super to... weird. Like you Aww. just you win it individually and you represent your country, but not uh, it's super weird. Okay. Um and, of course, I have to say our girl Erin Hamlin is getting lots of play all over this Olympic coverage. Yep. And I don't even mean locally, which obviously she is, but she's doing, like, stuff with Mike Tirico. So, yeah. Shout, yeah. So, shout out to Erin Hamlin. Uh, matter of fact, as we're talking about her, uh, we're not going to be able to talk about it in the show because mm-hmm. her medal run for the luge is going on Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. So, by the time this show goes up, she'll have already competed, and mm. we won't know if she won. So... I'm going to assume that she won the gold, so congratulations, Erin, yeah. on your gold medal that you won at 5.30 this morning. That's not a jinx at all. That's my, that's my call. Um, uh, <laughs> the luge is another one of those sports, like skeleton and bobsled, that I'm very curious how the idea. The luge seems like 
it'd be I'm just so dangerous. I, I watched him going <laughs> like, now. If you're not a loser, I would eat. I would break my neck. First try. There's no question. I'm watching him going. I don't know how they do that. At least bobsled. Like you're in, you're in a sled. You're in the track. Something lose. You're just laying on yes. like a blade. We definitely have like uh, a rosy look at bobsled because of the movie Cool Runnings, no. right? Like that's a real partially, but you're also still inside of something. Yeah, I mean, like you can duck your head down if you go sideways or something, like. Okay, so there's the luge, right? And that's what she does, and that's where your feet go first. But skeleton is the opposite. That's the luge where you're head first. Are you familiar with skeleton? That's it's called skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> right there in the name, I feel like that kind of I feel a little vindicated. It's a special person to like say I want to do that when I get older. Mm. I want to go to the Olympics. Like, oh so. yeah, did you hear about murder ball? It's like well, of course it's dangerous. <laughs> well, it's like, by the way, I'm tuned in for murder ball. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. That, that was like handball when we watched the Summer Olympics. We were making fun of it, and then all of a sudden it was the hottest sport to watch. We were like, this is weird. Like, I no, I'm in. Everybody, handball is great. In on handball, a little out on judo. Sadly, I tried to get into. Judo. Oh, judo was boring. It was a little boring. See, yeah. but Summer Olympics dominate the conversation, even when it's the Winter Olympics. All of a sudden, we're talking about summer events. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, we can go back to Erin Hamlin for a second, because she was caught up in some controversy earlier this week. Did you happen to read this controversy about uh, the Olympic flag? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is Shawnee Davis. Uh, <laughs> the OD actually ripped him apart in their opinion <laughs> section. It's kind of brutal. Uh, but uh, Shawnee Davis was an Olympic speed skater, is an Olympic speed skater for the United States, and he was among eight candidates to carry the flag for the opening ceremony. Um, when it was over, Davis and Luge champion Aaron Hamlin of Remsen each had four votes. It was predetermined that the tie would be broken by a coin toss. They had a coin toss, and Aaron won. Should that be the end of the conversation? Yeah, I don't know what more could be said. Yeah, I feel like it is. I mean, this guy, like, tweeted a thing, and then people talked about it, but, like, I, it, it's a coin toss. I just, I don't know what to say. I'm not, I, he was obviously very annoyed with the stuff he was saying. He From was going, what I understand, this is, that's how that guy is, though. Like, he tweets yeah, a lot of, like, trash talking and a lot of golf for a speed skater, which yeah. is just hilarious. <laughs> and you can't see him anymore. He's private now. He made his Fair enough. Speed skating is crazy, by yeah. the way. Watching those yes. people. I like watching It was that. nuts with the relay where they're, like, pushing each other and, like, shoving <laughs> each other and trying to sling each other and everything. I wish I had the guy's name now, but there's this funny story from the last time the Winter Olympics came around, or whatever the time the An- Apollo Anton Ono was in it. Remember him, like, the American Olympic speed skater? Yeah. They were in the finals for something, and like three people were in the lead by a bunch, and then the guy in fourth place was behind him, and the three people crashed into each other, and the guy who was in fourth <laughs> won the gold just because everybody <laughs> fell over. And it was like one of the greatest <laughs> Olympic moments I've ever seen. It was like you just, know how he felt, though? He was like, what? We should, we should talk to the roller derby folks about getting, like, take speed skating, but do it roller derby style on ice. It's funny you say that because when they came in to talk about this, somebody who's in the Olympics this year for speed skating got their start doing roller derby oh, in Florida. Cool. That's wild. So apparently that's, that's, that sort of answers the question I've always had is, like, if you are, like, Aaron Hamlin and you're, like, an Olympian at the luge, like... At some point in time when you were, like, 12, you must have been like, no, this is it. I love the luge. Like, there must have been, I you know I mean? when your first time is that you're, like, exposed to that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So like, like hey, you want to try the luge? I, no one wants to sign up. I mean, it's not like there's, like, a high school team, you know, like, track and yeah. field or something like that. I mean, the luge, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Do <laughs> um, you guys want to move on from the Winter Olympics for now? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else besides Aaron going in the morning that I'm really super Didn't curious that Maddie about. Did not make... 
Did she not make it? I don't in know the who finals? that is. What's the know. other one who's in there for the biathlon? Oh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Okay. My thing, my thing with the Olympics, I always sort of take them as they come. Like you're saying, looking forward to an event. I just turn it on. Like, okay, let's see what kind of Olympicking is going on here. <laughs> I'm definitely, like, <laughs> I'm definitely trying to see Aaron go right. Local pride and all that good stuff. Sure. Definitely trying to watch that. I don't know if I care enough about hockey anymore to. I don't know a lot of people will be no. annoyed that I said that, but like, I'm sure that people are excited for that. The downhill skiing is awesome. Downhill skiing is awesome. Yeah. Snowboarding was awesome. I'm really enjoying the X Games style <laughs> Olympic sports. It's true. <laughs> Maybe this should just be the X Games. They should have just made the Man. Winter Olympics the X Games. I still I enjoy the X Games. Yeah, I, I do enjoy the X Games. Uh, do you guys want to move on to a Utica story? Sure. Always. Uh, so we got some buzz in the OD today. Did you see this? Who did? Uh, made in Utica. Nice. Because uh, we had the Facebook. Good buzz? Good buzz, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, we put up the Facebook post earlier that Katie was talking about the guy who is in talks to take over the Uptown Theater. Have you guys read it all about this? I have only seen, um, I've only seen internal documents, but sure. not too much out in the news. So this is what's been going on. Um, a clean slate has been afforded to Utica's Uptown, uh, Uptown Theater as its current owners look to donate the property, which was once locked in foreclosure, to a nonprofit organization. Theater owner Tracy Mills said Monday that the debt owed by the property at 2012 Genesee Street has been forgiven by M&T Bank, the mortgage company, to allow the donation to move forward. She could not yet identify the nonprofit. This is the quote from the process of donating the theater to a nonprofit which plans to reopen to open it and revive it. We are hopefully closing soon so we can start doing whatever they need to do to the property. Uh, and then at the bottom, Facebook post by the group Made in Utica shows their indeed plans for the theater with more information reportedly set in a few weeks. So that's pretty cool. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news, baby. Queen Katie at it again. Breaking news like worldwide. So let me ask you a question. Uptown Theater was a big time theater for me as a kid. I lived on Valentine Bray growing up. It was mm-hmm. walking distance from my house. I, yeah. It's where I saw Jurassic Park for the first time, which was a huge deal, and also for the second time, mm-hmm. and the third time, and the tenth time, and the fifteenth time. I saw it a lot there. Um, <laughs> But for a good portion of our adult lives, the Uptown Theater's been sort of abandoned and closed and kind of in various states like it of... Would do something. It was, yeah. A band would come in or something, and then it would be closed up for like... Yeah, there's always been talk of it getting revitalized and then not really happening. Well, that, go ahead. No, I heard that there was just so much work that needed to be done in there that it wasn't yeah. worth taking over. So I'm, I'm interested to see what these people plan on doing. I've known a lot of people that do business down there and that have done business with and out of the Uptown, so I've seen a lot of it and... I remember the Uptown years and years ago. We had a friend who worked there, and he would like supposed to be the overnight person. He just had the keys because it was a small thing. He'd let us in. <laughs> yes, he would. And we'd all just go like watch movies and hang out with like twenty people. We're like eighteen. Um, but then they got into doing some shows. They were doing like the, that Lou Malvesi kid, who was a DJ from Utica College, was putting on some of his escape shows there. They'd pack it out for like the EDM type things, but I don't think they really had the size to make it a live venue. So I'm curious to see what they end up doing with it, because there's a lot of good mm-hmm. bones in there, but there's definitely some work that needs to be done on updating. But I think, uh, you know, a revitalized Uptown that's having events would be great for South Utica, and selfishly, as somebody who's lived in South Utica for a lot of my life, I would like to see that to sort of help energize more commercial growth on this end of yeah. town. and even if it isn't big enough to have more intimate um, small settings with yeah. good bands. Well, you I'm can not still sure. do that. There's so are they talking about doing the live? Are they talking about movies? Are they talking about both? I don't think well, anybody knows. So I hope live music would be fun. This is the direct music quote. Be great. I think it's better than movies. This is the direct quote uh, from the Instagram page. You can see it on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we are getting press materials together in the next few weeks, so I can't say too much just yet. But we fully intend to bring the Uptown back to its full glory. We need help and support for the community, and we welcome everyone, anyone who believes in the theater's importance as a historic landmark and the renaissance of Utica. Spread the word. Let's stay connected. Uh, dope. 
I like yeah, all that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good news. Uh, so, like, I was just, you guys were sort of getting into it. How would you fix the Uptown? So you'd like to see it sort of more as a multi-purpose space mm-hmm. then, to do multiple Have things. you ever been to the Westcott in Syracuse? Uh, not in years. The the Westcott is like an old theater that has no seats in it. They put concerts on, and it's very yeah. similar to what I can picture the mm-hmm. Uptown being. Selfishly, I'll always want live music. Sure. Um, I don't know if they can bring in people to fill a place that size often enough. I mean, they do that there in Syracuse. Well, yeah. A couple bands there, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think that, um, and this is something that Justin and I were sort of arguing about this morning. Um, <laughs> he is sort of, well, I was surprised. <laughs> it's a good argument, though. Um, he sort of thinks that they should double down and do sort of like the, the fancier thing where you sit down and have dinner in a more private thing. You know how they do like the... Like an Alamo Draft House Like style. an Alamo Draft House style, like yeah. Like you sit at pub tables watching a movie or yeah. food on a tablet and like you can sit there and have like... Yeah. No, I kind of like that, mm-hmm. though. I think it's a good idea. I think the Uptown is somewhat small to do that effectively. No, not that main room. That I mean, main room? There's a lot more space there than you would think. I'm going to have yeah. to look at it again. But that's the whole point of having one of those mm-hmm. is to have it small like that and... Do you remember when our friend had the key and we could just sneak in and watch movies? <laughs> yeah, that's what that? I was just saying. I was saying... I did. No, <laughs> I did the I was just thing. saying... Did we just say... <laughs> no, but I was trying to think, like, what movie... We saw, like, I'm trying to think, The Butterfly Effect? Uh, <laughs> the Butterfly Effect. I think I watched that. I remember watching Big Fish one night. We had a lot yes, of people there. Yes, Big Fish! We were, like, running around the attic and the basement, yo, like, the, basement the tunnels is, and the roof. Yo, let's talk first. Yo, the basement is horrifying. The basement is horrible. <laughs> it's a really was like, yo. And it was shortly after the Saw movies came out, too. Yes. So it was like extra, you're down there, like, well, something bad is going to happen to me here. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. Do you, I don't want to do the story. We're already moved past it. Okay, fine. Um, all right. Well, guess, um, I guess we won't hear it. It's fine. <laughs> tell me what it was after the jump. I will. I know. Um, so I don't want to get too far into Trump because we've stayed away from it for a few weeks. It's been nice. It's yeah, been nice. I forgot he was president. Uh, well, <laughs> three things. We'll leave for you, Heather. <laughs> three things. I gotta tell you. Three things, though, I just want to talk about briefly that give me some anger this week about it. Uh, well, one gives me good, d- deep joy. Uh, please tell me that you guys saw the, the footage of him on the airplane runway with his hair <laughs> flapping yeah. over. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh. It kind of a horror movie where, like, someone's, like, a zombie or Looks something. Looks like Darth Vader when he takes the horror, helmet yeah. off. <laughs> Look, it's all I, white and they're even floating over. in a pond. I certainly did <laughs> not. Jason Voorhees when he takes the mask off. <laughs> Just weird going. little tufts Just of long keep... hair over like a pale, bumpy, scaly, <laughs> exoskin. Did you ever see American oh. Hustle? It's all white and pink. <laughs> yes, I did I see American Hustle. You know that in American Hustle? I think Hustle. it gets a bad rap and it's unfairly maligned. Go ahead. It's okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> see what I mean? Christian Bale's character in that movie has this sequence where he spends like two minutes adjusting his yes. horrible hair into the hairstyle that it is. And I always thought that that's kind of what Trump did. And now it it's, seems much worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, I'm just wondering what it's, what it's holding it. That just goes to prove the point. Like if you're going to, you know, it's something for guys. A lot of guys are going to lose their hair and like to varying degrees. If it's coming for you, you got to just let it come and let it happen gracefully. There's no other way because then you end up looking like a goon on the tarmac. <laughs> mm. uh, and then here's a, a more serious story that gives me lots of anger. Um, I don't know if you saw this today. Uh, the new proposed budget has come out. And one of the things that uh, would be cut during this new proposed budget is the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, yeah. including PBS and NPR. Uh, I mean, this just seems like a hit job. I know he doesn't like either of those organizations well, yeah. very much. Thing- is that it's, it's a lot? A few presidents have tried this before, and it yeah. hasn't worked. So hopefully, this will just fall in that cat, mm. like the same thing again. So. I hope so. I love NPR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard sometimes when you want to read the news to not f- 
to find something that's not super slanted one way or the other. And I guess even NPR is someone would call oh, it sure. somewhat yeah, slanted. Yeah, but still, it's... it still seems it, maybe maybe I'm naive. It, it still seems more reputable and real and unbiased to me than most other news sources when I go to mm-hmm. NPR. And mm-hmm. So I'd be very sad if something happens. All right, uh, that is it. Let's get to this week's interview. Uh, I'm just going to go with their derby names because they they seem to prefer that. So it's nice to have an alter ego. It is nice to have an alter ego. <laughs> I want one. Uh, we'll come up with one for you. Uh, so this week, joining us from uh, Central New York Roller Derby, who are celebrating their 10-year anniversary this year, which I did not yeah, know. Man. Roller Derby's been doing killing for a long time now. Yes, they have. They have uh, a lot coming up this year. They're doing a major, major rebrand. They have a big tournament coming up in April. Uh, they're starting whole new fundraising campaigns and recruitment drives. A lot of cool stuff going on from Central New York Roller Derby. So joining us this week, we have Otter Limits, Fatal Exception, and Naughty here to talk about what's going on with Central New York Roller Derby. Back in just a moment. I know you guys say you like the catch of cat people. That's totally fine. He, I had to leave the studio door cracked now because over the last few weeks, Charles the cat, the studio cat, has really gotten interested in what goes on in here. I can't leave him in the other room anymore because he'll be scratching at the door and i got to get up and let him in. So just ignore him if he comes walking through here at all. Now he's gone. He's gone already to go get food. Um, <laughs> he's wonderful. He's a, he's a great cat. And uh, it's funny. I, think we've, I don't know if we told the story on the show before or not. It's a very common story. Charles was a street cat. He, Justin Parkinson from Maiden Utica and Kevin Sullivan, the co-host of my show with me and a couple other folks, this is before I moved back from Brooklyn, were at, um, were at Nail Creek and they found this kitten outside Nail Creek. Aww. It had followed them back to the car mm. and Justin was uh, giving him a Utica club out of his can. <laughs> and, Best uh, thing for cats. And, and Charles was getting into it, uh, so they started calling him Uncle Charlie. Aww. And they brought him home, and that's how he evolved into Charles, Chuck, Charlito, Chicharito, all the various names I give him. So, yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Now you know the inside story of Charles. But now, uh, we're going to learn the inside story about three ladies from the Central New York Roller Derby. Did I say that right? Central New York Roller yes, Derby? Yes, yes. I don't know why I have a hard time with words and phrasing in general. <laughs> it's uh, a bad thing to have for a podcast host. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Sherry, Diana, and Connie. I'm going to try my best to refer to you guys only as your derby names. Uh Otter Limits, which is hilarious, that's Jerry. <laughs> uh, fatal Exception, uh, which is Deanna, and Naughty, which is Connie. I'm going to try my best, okay? Uh, welcome to the show, guys. I want to thank you for thank being you. here. Thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. us. What else would you guys be doing on a Monday, otherwise, besides being here? I would be at work until 6 o'clock. Oh, so I got you out of work. Yeah. Nice. Me too. <laughs> awesome. See, this is great. Uh, you had the day off, though. It's my day off. So I pulled you, I pulled you off in your day off. I'm very sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so guys, uh, we are going to talk a lot about uh, upcoming events for Roller Derby and uh, what you guys have planned in the works. It's a big year for you guys. It is. Um, but I want to start a little bit uh, to get to know each of you separately. So which one of you 
uh, fine, fine young ladies would like to volunteer to go first. Um, I will go first. You I actually go? figured it out. I've been doing roller derby for this is my sixth season. Six years doing roller derby. Yeah. And this is the tenth year for you guys for the uh, league. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so fatal, uh, fatal exception, aka Diana. Yes. Pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you are the marketing chair. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, so two things I need to ask you first, right off the bat. I was doing my internet research before oh. you got here. Oh dear. You have a Captain America thing on your Facebook page. Yes. Now, uh, I'm not, I love comic books. I'm a big comic book nerd. I'm curious, because I like comic books, but I always hated Captain America. I thought he was a little schlocky. He's, he's the, I don't want to hate him, but he's, like, he's not my favorite comic book character, right? I was, I, 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 I was a Spider-Man guy, because I was a nerd. Uh, I was a, like a little white, skinny nerd growing up. I associated with Spider-Man a lot. Uh, um, so... I'm curious, so your birthday yeah. is on the 4th of July. Yeah. You are legitimately born on the 4th of July. Yes. Is that where the Captain America thing comes yeah, in? Or is that, it is, just... that is why Steve Rogers <laughs> is, uh, well, Hawkeye's my favorite comic. Okay, uh, I like the Matt Faction yes, Hawkeye a lot. they're very good. But um, favorite Avenger, talking about the movie, is going to have to be Cap. Cap? You know. He still has the best Marvel movie so far. I thought Civil War and, and Winter Soldier were both really good. I like Ragnarok. I've not seen it yet. Don't don't yeah, don't spoil it yeah. for me. I just watched. I'm too cheap to go to the movies, <laughs> so unless it's on HBO, I'm off of it. Fair, already. fair. So I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy two. I liked it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you are from Wappinger Falls, New York. Yeah. Why? Well, I know that name. That's from a thing, isn't it? Is, oh, there, is there some pop culture thing? No. I'm the curious. Only... I was going to look it up before you came in, but you guys walked in before I could look it up. The only reason I know this is because my advisor in college would be like, Wadmonders Falls, that's where... And then she said a name. And I was asked my parents, I was like, what is this name? I don't remember the name. There was a, um African-American woman who got like murdered or something. Really? Before I was born, like huh. in the mid-80s, and Jesse Jackson went on this huge rant. Huh. About how terrible Wappinger's Falls is. Hmm. And that is, like, I met this this woman. This is the first time I've ever met her. I'm like, oh, I'm from Wappinger's Falls, New York. You've never heard of it. And then she's like, yes, I have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> contrary. I know a lot about Wappinger's Falls. Uh, uh, what, was, what was growing up there like? Um, I liked it. Uh, it's a suburb of New York City. So once I hit high school, we'd go down to the city uh, a couple times a year to go see plays and stuff. Very nice. Um, everything's open 24 hours, sort of in the way that things like close around mm-hmm. here. So that was the biggest adjustment to moving upstate New York. Because it's like, oh, it's 6 o'clock on a Sunday. I see. Denny's is yeah. my choice. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, there's. I, I, I was, I'm back from New York almost three years now. And, um, you know, I loved New York. I still love New York. I love to go to New York. My tolerance for it is falling off. Now I go to New York and I got about three or four days where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back to where my I things are. I have about three or four days yeah. in New York City before I'm like, this is exhausting. <laughs> it's weird. I still have friends who I moved down with there at the time who are still there who I don't think will ever leave. Right? I think it's it takes some time to figure out if you're a lifer or a part-timer. I was a part-timer for sure. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, you went to Binghamton University? Yes. Uh, what did you go there for? Computer science, hence fatal exception. Computer science, very good. <laughs> that makes more sense. I was going to ask you where the name came from. Yes, your Java program is exited with a fatal exception. That's above my head, but I'll take it. I got it. That makes sense. It's an error that pops up that gives you no information, and you're like, oh, cool. Oh, excellent. That sounds good. <laughs> and it's perfect for an NSL. That, that, that suits you. <laughs> so what, were you, what was your plan initially with that degree? Um, college? What were your thoughts? I always wanted to be like a developer a software developer i thought i was going to work for a big company be in like new york city or seattle or uh silicon valley and then i started actually applying to jobs and looking at jobs like i got taken out to uh, seattle twice 
mm-hmm. for interviews out there, and I was like, oh, this is okay, but I don't know. Mm. And then I got a job offer um, in, like, February of my senior year mm. uh, from the company I worked for in Rome, and I was just like, let's start there, and then I like the area enough. I mean, the whole close at 6 on Sunday thing, not my favorite, no. but um, I got a house in Rome, and I just, I like, mm. I like... Mm. Almost everything except for the months of January and February. Oh, Those are... character. It's good for you. Um, <laughs> she already has a lot of character. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I, I sure you asked earlier probably. At what point in time did Roller Derby first sort of appear on the periphery for you? So I, um, I had a friend that lived by JFK Arena, which is where we play all our games. And we're driving to her house one day and there were just a ton of cars. And I was like... Is there an event going on? Is there something we should be doing? Because mm. we were just going to go like sit at her house and drink. So is there something we can do that's not that? <laughs> and she was like, I think there's something called roller derby going mm. on. I don't really know anything about it. And I was like, huh. So we went to her house and I thought about it some more. And at the time I was trying to like thinking about playing and trying to be more active, which didn't kind of fill off. But no. anyway, <laughs> um, so I looked him up. I was like, Roller Derby, Rome, New York, Central New York Roller Derby's website popped up. I sent them an email. I started doing uh, the newbie class and then I got into off skates officiating and I was like, this is really cool. And then um, two years into it, I was still thinking about doing both, and that's actually when I made the decision to focus on being an official mm-hmm. rather than a skater. And I still uh, want to officiate on skates a little bit because mm-hmm. skating is a lot of fun, but uh, it it just sort of snuck up on me, and I was like, oh, this is a really fun thing that I want to dedicate all my time and money to. Cool. And you, the marketing thing just sort of came into it as time went on, yeah. working with people? Um, so I started as the head official mm-hmm. um, in terms of leadership position, and then we had another qualified official come in to be head official. So I was like, cool, you can deal with that. And then I did a little <laughs> bit of, um, we had a position called non-bad events, which was sort of what Connie's position is now and also sort of what my position is now. And so part of mine. <laughs> yeah, we, we recently restructured. And then so it was like, hey, we need somebody for marketing. And I was like, that sounds like a lot less interaction with people. <laughs> I'm into wow. that one. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let me ask you this thing. Just I have one last question yep. about mar- marketing, then I'll leave you alone for a minute. Um, in this sort of new world of marketing, like, how much do you have to lean into like social media and digital when you're looking for marketing? Now? Almost entirely. Almost entirely. Most of my budget, other than paying for um, our like photographs being taken, because sure. obviously I'm going to pay our photographer, right. but almost all of our marketing money is going into Facebook ads. Um, we're going to figure out the Instagram ad thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not as good with that. Kind yeah, of stuff we're either. not 100% sure. It's a made thing. I talked to them about that when they need <laughs> something. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be looking into stuff like that because that just seems to be where it is. And we're even going to start looking at Snapchat, even though I think that's priced a little too high. Too old for Snapchat. For us, but I, I don't understand gonna... how it works. I can't figure it out. Like, I've tried. I just, I'm like, I'm trying to put a dog face on me and I can't do it. I don't understand. <laughs> so I just gave up on it. No. So, but we, uh, so yeah, it's, it's all entirely, I mean, we're still going to print out like, schedules to hand to people at parades and things like that but it's most of our money is going to be going into the digital marketing very good all right i'm gonna move across to naughty aka Connie. which i'm very yeah. sorry that i did not warn you that she was hey no that's okay so no, you weren't able to do any research it's all right it's all right i'm i'm good on the fly that's my okay. job i'm here to be a professional uh connie i was warned naughty sorry i was okay. warned that you were the one who was the least talkative so should I be gentler on you? Um, Is that the? No, you don't have to be gentle on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just said she talked less than 
us. Oh, okay, I, I Not see. Not that she I... is completely <laughs> silent. <laughs> uh, no, where are you initially from? Where are you born? Um, I live in Elian. Elian, there. Nice. nice. Yeah. And you went to school there, college there, high school? Um, I went to school there. I went to college at Herkimer, and nice. I got a game art degree from Westwood. <laughs> yeah. What were you doing at uh, Herkimer in terms of degree stuff? Um, first accounting and then art therapy. Art therapy, interesting. Yeah. Most people when I talk about when I talk about they talk about Herkimer sort of talk about the uh, the radio and television program. That's yeah. such a big yeah. thing for them and we've talked about it on the show many times that we're very sad that it closed, but was that like something you ran or like is I, it, I knew a bunch of guys yeah. that were in that. It was a pretty yeah. good program. Did you enjoy your time? But most people I know like their time at Herkimer. It seems to be It was all right. It always gets a reputation, and mostly because me, because my buddy growing up got kicked out of there for partying too hard, is being like a party school, but I don't know if it's necessarily earned. I think that most colleges are kind of like yeah. party schools. Yeah. Right. most colleges. When did you first stumble into roller derby in your life? Uh, two years ago. A couple two years ago. of the other skaters came into my tattoo shop for piercings and kind of talked me into it. Very nice. I was going to ask you, you have a lot of tattoo work uh, yeah. showing. When did you start doing tattooing? Have to tell you. Forever. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> Forever ago? Probably before she was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I grew up, you know, I'm, I'm about 32 years old and mm. I was born in the late 80s and growing up I liked tattoos but tattoos were not uh, as mainstream as you would call them today whereas almost everybody I know has something now, right? Definitely. Most of my generation. But as a kid, my parents grew up my mom was giving me the hard time all the time, like, if you're going to get tattoos, you got to do it where no one can see them if you're wearing, like, a long sleeve shirt, right? And uh, for some reason, I still, like, I believe that getting older, even though I don't think that's true now. So even though I have a lot of tattoo work, most people don't know it because it's always covered <laughs> up by, like, my dress clothes. Uh, but I, I love the idea of, like, tattooing as an art form. I, I spent a lot of time around tattoo artists in New York. Is that something, did you fall in love with that culture immediately or did you just grow into it? I kind of fell in love with it yeah. immediately. Mm. Yeah. Is that what you still do now? Do you still do that? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. She owns her own shop. Oh, really nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I might have to talk to you about that afterwards. Do you need, uh, okay. What's your style of choice? What's your... I try not to pigeonhole myself. I'll do just about anything. She's done three of my Black tattoos. Three is my favorite. Yep. <laughs> Did I ever tell I, you I my cousin fatal. has your work? Rob. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's always interesting. Yeah. By the way, you tattooed by someone I know. <laughs> a family member. Yeah. Long before we ever met. <laughs> yeah, long, it's funny. long ago. Most of the tattoo work I have done, and this is probably not nice to admit to a professional, uh, I got done like in an apartment by a friend of mine, which is probably not the safest way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the first tattoo I got a long time ago was like Eternal Images. Back in the day, years before they moved locations. Is that you? Were you there at that time? <laughs> no, that's where uh, uh, Randy Smith from Eternal Images. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, I think was did my work. Growing up in Utica or during a certain time, that was like if you went to get your first tattoo, I think a lot of people. Randy like, and I went to high school together, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your role right now, Naughty, with uh, with Central New York Roller Derby? What's your job? Um, I skate. Hopefully, nice. I'll get to skate this season. Nice. And who do you skate for? Is there for a team CNY. yet? Why? Oh, is that, we haven't come up with a new team. <laughs> uh, no, no, we they're we'll gonna, get there. They're gonna tell when you. We talk about the branding. <laughs> we'll get to our new names. All right. Uh, well, we're getting a little bit farther than I thought I would. So, Sherry, I'm going to jump to you real quick, and then we'll okay. get to the middle section here. Okay. Sherry, you are the head of the sponsorship and fundraising? Yes. Okay. And what does that uh, what does that mean day-to-day -day for you? What's your job like day-to-day? -day um, I'm the one who is the one who contacts people, goes out into the community, try and gets people to support us. Mm -hmm. um, I also set up things, ways for us to make money mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can continue to do what we do. <laughs> That's how that goes. So, um, I, I'm also the person where they say okay we need somebody to call cold call somebody who's not afraid to talk to people sherry <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and your your name is Outer Limits. Outer Limits. How did you come up with that? Were you an Outer Limits fan growing up? Um, I'm a big sci-fi and fantasy nice. fan. Um, always you. have been. And um, I worked for the Renaissance at the Renaissance Fair nice. for years and years. Oh and for several years, my name there was Otter. Mm-hmm. So I was used to being called Otter. I was used to responding to it. So I'm like, okay, let's go with something with that. And uh, I, and I'm also a non-skating official. Sure. Yeah. So I figured. Did you ever skate? No, I have a I have a. Uh, hip problem, mm, so nice. I stay off skates. <laughs> I actually did try to become a ref, to become a skating referee, um, and my doctor said no. <laughs> uh, before I move on, what was your job at the Renaissance Fair? I'm very curious. Um, I for a while I was the front person for the numerology booth, okay, and then I was the manager at the pillow fight booth. I see. Ah, yes, that's very uh, that's very scandalous over there. That pillow fight. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. I, I have a good story for you about the Renaissance Fair that I cannot tell on the air. So remind <laughs> me when we're done, and I'll tell you the story off the air. Is it one of those you have to click the little button on Spreaker if you tell the story? It's yeah, it'd be an explicit story. But we'll tell you how we'll move on from that. Uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit. You are doing some executive producing for podcasting of your own. You're in yes. the podcasting world. I am. How are you liking it so far? Um, I love it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Um, can I? Name of them? <laughs> yeah, please go ahead. I have no problem okay. with that. Um, it's called FC3 Monkey Business. Mm-hmm. It's the podcast arm for uh, Mighty Monkey Corporation, which runs the Flower City Comic Con out of Rochester, New York. Wonderful. And we're very geeky, nerdy. Nice. Uh, we'll talk about... And my, my feelings about the show is we'll talk about anything geeky, and if you love... And, and anything can be geeky if you love it enough. So you'll never know what you're going to get with us. Um, so mm-hmm. I started doing the podcasting thing early on, like two 2007, 2008, oh, we were God. doing stuff in... Oh, because I was a big fan of this guy, Bill Simmons, who mm-hmm. is a... He has an ESPN podcast for many years, and now he has his own kind of thing, but uh, he was, like, one of the first, like, podcasts that was doing, like, two or three podcasts a week, and, I, and I'm not doing that kind of work, because I have a real job still, I gotta work, otherwise. Uh, but, you know, I was doing it at such an early time, and it's it's such an interesting way to, to carry on conversation and do an interview. I loved the format almost immediately. I find it disconcerting that uh, 10 years later, like, everyone I know has a podcast now. I'm like, damn, I used to be cool. Now, now, right now everyone's in on it. Um, hey, I still think I'm cool. <laughs> I think, and the struggle I've always found with the podcasting thing is you want to be yourself, right? I want to be me on the podcast, but you also don't want to alienate a listener base. So I have to toe the line between like, how can I be myself and say that my opinions, because if I'm not doing my thing and saying my opinions, what's the point of even having the show in this format? Otherwise we'll just do like the news, right? Then I'll just talk about whatever. But I also don't want to offend half my audience. <laughs> so it's a weird it is a fine, fine line, line I, have yes. to, I have to keep in track. Now I got a couple quick questions about your background. Okay. Um, you went to school in Whitesboro. Yes. yes? I, that's mm. where I graduated. Is that where you grew up as well? Um, I was in Utica, Whitesboro, mm. Clinton. I always hassle people. I was a Proctor kid growing up. We uh, we always had a rivalry with the Whitesboro kids. Did you enjoy growing up in Whitesboro? Did you feel like it was, nah, it was okay? I, I feel like okay. it's 50-50 for most people. I it really to. depends on what groups you were in. Sure. Can sure. I ask how old you are? I'm 32 years old. Oh, you're a lot younger than me. Because my because uh, I just I just asked that because uh, I had friends who went to Proctor also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whitesboro's a big jock school. Yeah. Always has mm-hmm. been. Yep. Always will be. Sports, very big. Um, I was a musical theater kid. I was a musical musical theater at Proctor. Which is a little easier to be a musical theater kid at Proctor than it is at Whitesboro. Proctor was great because Proctor was so big 
Yeah. That if you were in the musical theater crew, it wasn't like you were getting picked on because there was like a huge contingent of musical theater crew. There's a huge contingent of sports, huge contingent of burnouts, huge contingent of punkers, like all sorts of crews, right? I was a burnout. I was a punker and a burnout <laughs> and a musical theater guy. I was doing all those things. Uh, Thank you for knowing the <laughs> hey, terms. it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like it, Proctor was so big that you could sort of be an individual without fear of being like picked on or hassled because there was always some version of yeah. what you were into. I mean, Whitesboro is a big school. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was it is a big school, but it's so sports heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where we did a musical every other year. Mm-hmm. The, the school insane. wouldn't put the money yeah. into it every year. There were no art classes. There was an art club, but there were no, no art classes. Well, that's what we're getting nowadays. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this was <laughs> back. I graduated in 1990, so. <laughs> we're going backwards, Stop. sadly. No, she's Stop laughing at you. it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about how much younger than me you are. I, I really hated that one of my best friends is young enough to be my daughter. It's not an age, it's an experience level. That's true. Age is just nothing but a number is what they say, isn't it? And I have one last thing to ask you okay. about. You went to Oswego University. I did. For elementary ed. I did. I'm an adolescent education person currently at, at UC. Yes. So uh, at what point in time did you say, no, nah, I'm done with teaching? Um, <laughs> okay. I graduated with my teaching degree in yeah. 2003. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was living in Syracuse at the time. And in 2003, um, they closed two public schools and three parochial schools in the Syracuse area. It's a dark time. In the there was a lot. There was a huge glut of experienced teachers mm-hmm. on the market. I couldn't even get interviews. I applied for jobs for six years. Mm. I ended up being a <clears throat> universal pre-K teacher, which is a teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I mean, it is, it is a state yeah. program, and mm-hmm. if I had actually been in a school, <laughs> I would have been paid just like any other teacher. But I wasn't. I was, I, they, they had basically um, contracted out to other agencies to provide the same service. So while teachers were be, were starting at 40-something thousand, I was making barely above minimum wage to do the same work. I couldn't afford my master's degree and yeah, was able no. to get permanent certification. I could uh, I could go on for days about what the struggles <laughs> of a current grad school student and what it takes to get into teaching these days. And also I decided to switch majors. Hmm. And unfortunately the major that I chose is very rare. There's not many schools that offer it. Hmm. And the only one in the area is SU. And who can afford that? Oh yeah, you got to get some scholarships if you're trying to go to SU. Uh, I tried that one for sure. It didn't work. Um <laughs> So, how did you first find your way into uh, into roller derby? Um, I had friends who played. Mm. I didn't really know anything about it. I had a friend who played. She was one of the original members, and we came out to watch. Mm. Um, I my daughter at that time was maybe 10, 11 mm-hmm. years old, and she fell in love with it. She now plays. Mm. She's now nineteen and uh, just made the team. Mm. She played junior derby and then yeah. moved up to the adults. <laughs> um, and I've been, and when did I start? Four years ago did I start mm. the sewing? Is my fourth season? I think this is your fourth season. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so, I'm going to bring you all back in together now that we've gotten to the end of our individual sections. And you guys have a lot that's coming up. Yes. Uh, but while I, before we get into that, you guys want to give us just a little quick overview of what you guys are up to at CNYRD right now? Like, what's going on? What's in your heads? Um, so, this is sort of a rebuilding year mm-hmm. for us. We had... Our past couple presidents have all been great people, but a lot of them had kids, like, as in gave birth during their presidency. Sure, that'll happen. (laughs) And, um, 
you know, I understand that a tiny human is a little bit more important than a roller derby league, and so things sort of got a little out of focus. Sure. Our new president is younger. She's newer to the league. Mm. Um, and so we're sort of rebuilding, we're rebranding, we're working more on being... Mm. Everyone says roller derby is a family. And sure. right now we're kind of fighting cousins a little bit, and we're trying to be... Right. You know, best friends again. And I, I think we're mm. we're we're getting there. I think we are. It's, it's the 10th anniversary of the league, too, yeah. so that's why. Yeah, and it's the 10th anniversary from the league. And that's very impressive, by the way. Like, 10 years is not... Here's a long uh, time. It's not as... It's like an old, the days go by faster, but it's still a long period of time. It is a very long time, especially for an amateur sport where everything is done by the league members. Like, yeah. we... Fish... Okay. Well, I was saying you've been there six years. You said right. I think so. Yeah. Like, so there's probably there's probably people who've been there from day one. There's yeah. probably still yes. some sort mm-hmm. of like deep understanding to like what it was like from the early days. Yeah. Does it seem a lot different than when it was six years ago? Yeah. Derby. There's, there's yeah. Derby has changed. So Derby started off as kind of this girl power, and yeah. we're gonna be edgy and different mm-hmm. and fishnet stockings and fancy makeup yeah, and sure. and not really family friendly. Yeah. And we as a league are really trying to bring it back to we're athletes. Athletic competition, yeah, yeah. Yes. We are and I may not be a skater, but the skaters, these women just boggle my mind. They're so amazing. And I don't think that they get the I don't think that they get the recognition that they deserve as athletes. There are things that are in the Olympics that can't even hold a candle to what these women do. I'm looking at you curling. <laughs> Looking at you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now there's a skater that's going to be. Yeah. In yes. Aaron Jackson mm. is with um, Jack City, which is down in Florida. Nice. Um, she's really young. She's like 21, and she is competing in uh, long speed, speed skating mm-hmm. on yeah. the ice this nice. week. She's did roller derby for a really long time. I've officiated her before, actually. See, that's interesting because I've been watching the uh, the Winter Olympics lately. And I watch the Summer Olympics, too. And we've talked about it a lot in the show already today, so I'm not going to get too far into it. But I'm always fascinated. Like, you watch someone who's doing speed skating, and you're like, did they, like, at some point in time in their life, be like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to speed skate. Or was there, like, something else that transitioned into it? Like, is it, is it does that skill translate into other things? Like, I'm always so curious. Especially with, like, the more fringe Olympic yeah. sports. Like, no. air rifle. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? <laughs> who, who, when did you decide that you were going to do this for <laughs> yeah. Or skeleton, the one where you just lay down and, like... That one seems like it was an accident, right? Like, like, somebody, like that sport came out of nowhere. Like some guy was on, like, his, like cleaning his shed or something, and the door fell off. And he slid down a hill. It was like, this like, is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, I want to get back to the rebranding though before I get too far off. I'm sorry yeah. about that. No, that's um, right. What goes into a major rebranding for you guys? Is this just like we're going to update like the website? Oh, so we can contact no. you. We're updating. This, the this has been going on for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I, well, actually, about two years ago, somebody's like, we should change our logo um the original logo is a roller derby girl in a short skirt she's got the fist and it's something that a lot of leagues are moving away from uh for one we're trying to be more inclusive of uh non-binary individuals uh that or maybe people who feel less feminine than our Mm -hmm. logo presented and so it has been a really long process Mm -hmm. so we're like we're gonna redo the logo um we actually are renaming our teams Mm -hmm. um so i guess i can do that now our i love it original team names are the cny Mm all-stars and the wonder brawlers Mm -hmm. um and we are now going to be the 
uh, CNY Nightmares, mm-hmm. which is going to be the A team, and the CNY Daybreakers. I like it. Are going to be our yeah. B team, and that goes in with our whole new rebranding. The names fit with the new logo, which is going to be announced at a later date, like the team mm-hmm. logos. But it's a whole new. Pro- we talked about: Do we want to be based on locally? Do mm-hmm. we want to base it on roller derby? Uh, so our our simple logo or our league logo is. Um, Central New York Roller Derby on a, and the New York is on, essentially it's on a half moon, mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to invoke in people. Trying to like see it right there. Nothing. Yeah, I like the cookie. That's great. It looks like, uh, it, and I mean this in the most positive way because I'm a huge fan, it looks a little bit like a soccer crest, which yes. I like a lot about it. Like, yeah. I like that it has that nice, uh, yep. clean, that clean look. Yeah, clean. yeah, yeah. Yep, other leagues have rebranded um, in the recent years, and we, mm. a lot of them posted blogs about it online, which was yeah. really helpful. Again, Roller Derby is a big do-it-yourself community. Mm. So they were like, this was our process. And we were like, great, we can use that information. <laughs> um, so it, we have a brand new website as well. The Facebook page, we started a whole new, before I took over marketing, uh, there's been an effort to do more with social media, which we are continuing sure. to like post more before we probably maybe post once every couple of weeks. Now we're trying to post at least once a day yeah. or once every other day. Um, and it's just been a whole big, we changed our uniforms last year. We changed our colors last year. We used to be, the all-stars were green and white. The brawlers mm-hmm. were black and pink. Now everybody is black and white and teal. Who does the uh, design work for all that? Like, does someone, did yeah. you, you did this? Or? No, oh, no, not I. Dead Time Story is mm-hmm. a league member nice. who is amazing, mm-hmm. and we should be paying her millions of dollars for this. <laughs> but she is doing it as uh, her position of vice president, and it's mm-hmm. this, like, this is insane, you're amazing, you're magic, she deserves mm-hmm. all the she's thanks. She's absolutely incredible. Fantastic skater. So and yes. she's actually been in the league a very, very long time huh. as well. She was actually, uh, what station was it? She They actually did a story on our league a couple months ago. And was she, it KTV? Was it WKTV? I don't have cable. <laughs> Smart. You're like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yes, so, and she was featured. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's um, I would say, one of the top five skaters in our league. Yeah. And she's just a great person mm-hmm. and a great graphic designer. Like, well, it's nice when you can go internally and find yes. these people to do it instead of having to go outside of the family. That's one of the nice things we've been making you to go. We've made a big point of is like trying to do as much in house as possible, yeah. uh, which is not always easy, no. <laughs> mind you. Uh, so you guys are celebrating your ten year anniversary. Uh, do you guys have any sort of special events coming up? Anything you're doing <laughs> and sort of getting ready for this ten year anniversary? So we are actually going to have a big ten year anniversary party, which is really soon. Didn't realize how soon. Oh, um, it's March. 10th it's invite only but if you think you want deserve an invite mm. you should ask us ah. <laughs> we're essentially making it invite only just because um we want to celebrate the league and we're trying mm. i it's probably not something that somebody who's not already a fan sure. would enjoy right, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. um but it's gonna be a big bash um we are also focusing on recruitment a lot more which doesn't sound like a big deal, but we're going to be yeah. having a couple of recruitment events, which I think Nadi can talk about. Love it. Um, we're going to be looking for skaters on March 27th at Skate A While in Rome at 7 p.m. Even if you think that sure. you don't know how to skate, <laughs> like me, <laughs> they said they're you know athleticism and stuff like that. But a lot of our amazing skaters didn't even know how to skate when they came. Mm. So we're, we're very inclusive, like Fatal was saying, and not just with gender and color and everything sure. like that any any kind of body type mm. 
it really helps with your your self-image and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. So March 27th is 7, and then... We have uh, an official's open house nice um at want to play cafe in oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah love those guys they're yeah, they're folks. they're wonderful to us um and this is for if you want to be involved mm. but you don't want to be on skates sure um there are lots of positions that don't involve skating there are a lot of officials positions that do um officials are refs which are skating mm. officials but there are tons of non-skating officials and mm. we always are looking for people and it's a lot of fun and i assume a lot of that setting is like learning the rules for people who don't yes. know them, right yeah yes. so <laughs> yeah. we're actually doing rules classes because i was gonna rules, say yeah. Yeah. yeah so we will train you in the rules skaters can come to the rules <clears throat> trainings though some of it might get a little too technical sure. in terms of they don't necessarily need to know the difference between this penalty and this penalty right. is really minute, so they don't so they don't need that much of the information. But um, and there's also other uh, off skates positions. Like we always need more volunteers. Um, we have, you know, people to we need people to run our merch booths. We have people who can be track uh, repair people, and just joining roller derby is. You could maybe start in a non-skating position and be sure. like, I don't know if it's something I want to mm. do or if I want to don't know if I want to commit the time to it. Because there is a lot of athleticism, so there mm -hmm. is, you know, practice requirements sure. type of thing. Um, and it's just a lot of, we're just pushing to bring more people into the league and also go out into the community a lot more this year as well, which is also something mm. for... Oh, and the officials for. one um, at Want to Play is on March 23rd. March 23rd. What um, time is it? Um, that one's at uh, 6 o'clock. Beautiful. And you guys have a tournament coming up in April as well, you were saying? Yes, we do. So the Siege of CNY. I love it. Great um, name. Yes, it was based off the Siege of Fort Stanwix because we play in Rome. Uh, so this is our fourth year, uh, which is how I figured out how long I've been doing derby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, this is the first year we did, we did things a little differently this year. It's all um, A teams, which are teams that are members of the Women's Flat Track Roller Derby Association. Sure. It's all higher level play, essentially. And um, it is two round robins of teams seated around us and then teams ranked about 100 points higher than us. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see two different levels of derby um, being played because there is a difference type of mm. thing. Like, you know, the top team in the world plays very differently than we do. Yeah. So <laughs> Until we become the top. Until it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gradual. There. <laughs> but uh, so it's... Eight teams. Mm. There's going to be. It's an international tournament. International Wonderful. tournament. And how many days is it going to be? Two over? days. Two days. Oh, yeah. Six games every day. Starts Wonderful. at nine, nine and goes until nine. about nine. Mm. Wonderful. And yeah. you guys and you guys said you just revamped your website as well. Yes. Do you guys have a website address in case people want to go check any of this out? I. <laughs> Going to look closely on that thing. <laughs> well, while, she's, closely. while she's looking, um, I will say that it, the tournament is April 21st Wonderful. and 22nd. Wonderful. And the weekend before that, we the are also the 14th, yeah. we are having a fundraiser oh, nice. at Wanna Play. Anybody who comes and donates Great. to us will get, will have their game fees waived. That's amazing. By I love Wanna it. Play. And that's, um, as I said, the 14th, and that's from 1 to 6. So it's a great way to go, support a local business, and support local sports at the same time. That's amazing. I love it. It's great. You still, is your phone still fighting? I got, our, got, our, I got our web set up. Um, so it's just cnyrollerderby.com. CNY. I should have that memorized. <laughs> cnyrollerderby.com. Uh, I'll try and link that for everything, as well as all your sites. Um, 
Guys, I want to thank you for coming in. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. All right. Well, okay, before we get into the lightning round, I have one thing I want to talk to you guys about, okay? And I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want it to be weird, because you guys might take it the wrong way. <laughs> it's already weird. You just did it. That'd be funny. <laughs> there is... I've always thought that there's an interesting parallel between roller derby and professional wrestling. And I say this because I love professional wrestling. I'm not, like, joking about it. But there's this sort of... People don't necessarily... Because there's this almost this showmanship quality to it, as well as athletics, you sort of don't give these people as much credit for being athletes as they really are. Can I can I t- yes, handle please. this one? Yeah. Um, most people, when they think of roller derby, they think of what was going on on TV back in, in the, the 80s. 80s yeah, right? Which was very much like... That professional era, yeah. wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was very much showmanship. Sure. It was very, very staged, mm-hmm. very... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's not what we do. Right. That's so not what yeah. we do. The comparison I like to make is it's the difference between WWE and wrestling in the Olympics. Right, correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because that's the point I was going to make. Like, I still watch wrestling to this day because yeah. I'm a big And nerd. it is fun. And the, but the point, well, the point I'm getting at, the wrestling today is presented much differently than it was in the yeah. 80s. They are presented in a way, especially the women in wrestling, like because back in like even like the 90s and 2000s, women's wrestling was like, let's wrestle in jello. But now it's like these, they're actually, it's super weird, right? <laughs> but like, but nowadays it's like they have a whole division, they really push it forward yeah. and it's more about look how athletic all these people are. And I wonder if there is some like parallel that's just happening. Is that just where we are in society? Are we starting to take women's sports more seriously, women's athletics more seriously? I would like to think we're yeah. doing nice. that. It would be nice It'd if be we nice were. Think- <laughs> Um, I don't think that we really are. I think that women's sports have never really gotten the recognition that it deserves. Um, I mean, women's basketball is amazing to watch. Those women are just incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of sports I feel like that don't lose anything in translation. Like I would, you you watch tennis. I feel like I find myself watching women's tennis more than men's tennis. Uh, golf is not that dissimilar in the nope. same way where it's like they're exactly the same they're sport. Exactly I, the same golf sport. is the one where I wonder like why don't they just not have like I feel like men and women could play golf against each other, right? Like it's, it what's w- the difference? I can't imagine that there is one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, ladies, we're going to do the lightning round questions. I'm going to do this serpentine style. These are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show for a hundred and some odd episodes. Uh, Naughty, I'm going to start with you for this one. Uh, Naughty, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I prefer my caffeine cold. Oh, very good. No coffee for you. What do you drink yeah. instead? Um, Pity's going to be mad at me, but Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. It's all right. I'm a Dr. Pepper man myself. If <laughs> yeah, I, had to I pick... like that. That's good. Uh, what about you? How do you take your coffee in the morning? I do not drink coffee. No coffee. Nothing nope. in the morning? No tea? Nothing? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Yeah, I have a problem with Diet Coke, which is it's not regular Coke, and I would, I'm just, I just drink a ton of regular. I have a problem with regular Coke that it's not diet. (laughs) (laughs) I would prefer the taste. That's fair. My friend is uh, addicted to Diet Pepsi, which again, and for me, I'm glad you made that face that no one can see on the air. But, um, (laughs) but that's like I love Coca-Cola, but I hate Diet Pepsi. And I don't know if I don't know what the difference is. I like, I I like Diet Coke, but regular Pepsi. That's interesting. Fatal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how about you? Coffee in the morning, how do you uh, take black. it? Black. Black coffee. Oh, Were yeah. you always a black coffee person, or did you have to work your way up to that? I used to seriously get Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, light and sweet, which is like six sugars, six Trouble. cream. And I before. was like, this is milk. Why am I drinking <laughs> like sweet milk? That's weird. And then so I eventually was just like, I drink coffee black because I'm so cool. Not like I, uh, <laughs> I got hipster shamed into that. I was, I, I, was, I was living in Brooklyn and I went to this uh, coffee 
it's like vegan coffee marketplace called Choice Market in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. It was really great. But I walk in one day, and I'm there with my buddy, and they have this cold brew coffee on the thing. And I go, and I go, I'll, I'll have a, a cold brew coffee, please, medium, and they give it to me. And I take it, and I go, you guys got, like, cream sugar anywhere? And, the, <laughs> and, this, and this hipster douchebag looks at me, and he goes, you don't need any sugar, man. It's sweet the way it is. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, screw you, man. In my head, I'm like, don't tell me how to take my coffee. I go, okay. As I take a sip of it, and it was delicious. And I was mad that he was right. I was like, damn it. Like, damn you for shaming me into correctness. But all right, yeah. But I'm with you on that. I'm going to stay with you for this one. What was your first automobile? I drove my parents' Dodge Caravan minivan. It was nice. silver. Wood panel? Uh, no, it wasn't that old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe old it was purchased in like 2003. There's nothing like partying in a van, in a minivan. Oh, all my friends were like, she's driving us. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I have to be home by eight. Uh, my mom had a PT Cruiser. Ooh. And there's no party like a PT Cruiser party, yeah. which is really lame. Uh, <laughs> uh, our first car. Uh, 1980 AMC Eagle two-door hatchback four-wheel drive. That's the best. I hated it with a burning passion. (laughs) It broke down every three weeks for the year and a half I owned it. Uh, Naughty, first car. I had a 77 Dodge Monaco. Dodge Monaco? It was a boat. I like it. See, I like old cars that are big. Like, most cars today scare me because they're too... They're also very round. I like square cars. I don't know if that is. I'm like a hang. I like my cars to look a little boxier. <laughs> <laughs> you may or may not have taken your Dodge Monaco to go see it. Uh, Naughty, but what was your first live music event? Um, Rat and Poison at the Odds. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. I love it. I was there. <laughs> it was not my first, but I was there. That was not your first. Otto, uh, Otto, what was your first? Bon Jovi and Cinderella. Mm, I was bon 14. Growing up, my sister, who was a little bit older than me, she had the Skid Row poster in her room. So I remember growing up See? thinking, like, why is that? Is that what a guy's hair's like? Is that big now? I didn't. My hair was short back then. <laughs> no, no, no. But you got to understand, back in the 80s, all the hair bands came through Listen. Utica. All of oh. them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there, there's something to be said, and I don't mean to get into tangent on this. When the odd got redesigned, they did a beautiful job redesigning the odd. I did hear some people argue that they should have torn it down and built something bigger. Because one of the biggest issues is we can't pull in certain acts like that. They won't go play at the odd because you can't. You know, you never get like, uh, like I'm not saying that Kanye West is going to come to the odd. He came to the odd like ten years ago, right? But he's not coming back now because he would sell it out in 35 seconds and it's really small. It wouldn't make any money. I wonder sometimes if they shouldn't go yeah. bigger to oh, attract no. more. We're talking we're t- Bon Jovi, Cinderella, Rat, Poison, yeah, Motley so Crue, White Snake. Yeah. I mean, everybody well, you, came through you back then. It used to be like a hotbed for music yes. in the 70s and 80s, too. Like, yeah. even I grew up with this guy. He's my dad's best friend, Frank Canister, who used to play in bands growing up around here back when it meant something to play in a band around here. Frank Canister? Frank Canister. My parents' best friend is... Vinny Canistra. Vinny Canistra, I'm not surprised. <laughs> We're, uh, I'm Italian, so I'm related to everybody. In this um, uh, all right, where'd I go? Fatal. First live music event. You oh, seem embarrassed really already, embarrassed. I can tell. I it was a Christian rock band. Yes, was it uh, Mercy Me? No, That's the it wasn't. Only one I know. I don't know what it was. It was this like youth retreat for the weekend, and it ended with this concert. Okay, what was the first one that you where chose? Was it? it was in like downstate New York. It was in like Westchester. Oh, God, it was terrible. The first one I chose, um, I can't remember the name. It was a, com- a comedian. Oh, okay. It was um, a, obviously a singing comedian. Sure. And I am completely, I want to say Stephen Lynch, but I feel like that's Oh, wrong. yeah, they got the guitar. Stephen Lynch, he liked the funny guitar songs back in the day. Yeah. I remember him. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superhero song? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He was early Comedy Central when Comedy Central was still putting on like old SNL episodes and stand up all the time. And now I don't, I don't have cable anymore, so I have he, no idea. <laughs> he came and played at the Chance in Poughkeepsie, and me and my friends, we had to have like three adults with us before our moms would let us go. <laughs> That's it. I, 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 my mom wouldn't let me go to Green Day when I was 15. Yeah. She would stop me from going. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I am currently watching the Shannara Chronicles on Netflix. I think it's on MTV. I don't know. Huh. I watched it on Netflix. It's based on a book, which I now want to go read. Hmm. And it's a weird sci-fi fantasy thing nice. where you think it's going to be about this girl and it's about this boy. Um, <laughs> and essentially this... It's my sister's favorite books. <laughs> it's based... It's on Earth, but it's like thousands and thousands of years in the future after we all destroy ourselves with nuclear war. Sure. And there's elves and trolls, but they're still humans. They all fight, and there's magic and sex. And Have you seen the trailer for this new movie, Annihilation, that's coming out with no. Natalie Portman? No, I have not. It's a movie for it's a movie coming out this year, uh, and it's based on a series of books that I have but I've not read yet. So now I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm like, should I just like pound through them real quick? I don't even know if I want to see the movie, but I, I don't want to see it for sure if I haven't read the book yet. Yeah. But, uh, Otter, book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching? Um, I am currently reading Furiously Happy by hmm. Jenny Lawson, hmm. who's better known online as The Bloggus. Okay. She is phenomenal, and Beautiful. this is her second hmm. book. Her first one was called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> her books are phenomenal. I absolutely adore her. Uh, Naughty, same question. Book, album, movie, or show you are currently listening to, reading, or watching? I've been binging on Game of Thrones. <laughs> are you, like, behind on it? Because I've never watched Game of Thrones. I'm, like, one of those people who doesn't know anything about Game of Thrones. Season six. So you went through the whole thing already? Yeah, but it hasn't been very long. Is it worth it? It is. Is it worth Okay. Because I feel like at this point in time I should watch it just because. Because yeah. it's, the like, such The books are a... amazing. I, I tend to boycott stuff that everybody yeah, is, like, crazy too. about. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you but on that. Yeah. I gave in, and it's it's pretty good. Have you given in to Stranger Things yet? Um, not yet. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like. I grew up watching, like, Gremlins a lot. <laughs> Gremlins and the Goonies, so I got a lot of those kind of vibes. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's worth a, it. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. It. Uh, all right, and I'll bring you guys back together for one last one. Uh, besides, obviously, community, uh, roller derby. Uh, give me one more thing that you guys are passionate about. Why me? <laughs> I see your point, next. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have to think. <laughs> it's a tough question, I know. So do I. Otter, you go first. Okay. Um, this is something that comes up a lot on my own podcast. Sure. So um, I'm kind of like our, our little geek activist. Mm. Um, and it's... Uh, Women's rights. It's I, I am the mother of a geek daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in the geek community, there's a lot of backlash against women, especially young women, going yeah, on. Gamergate and all that terrible crap. Yeah, yeah. really, really awful things. Um, it's something that we've started. We, we've gone from just being a light, fluffy podcast. Yeah. We're starting to get into more serious topics, and that's one that because one of the main hosts also has a teenage daughter who's also very geeky. So it's something we're all very. It's important about. to to jump into those passionate things. Uh, you know, I, I had the. You know, people who've listened to the show know where I stand politically, but there was definitely a moment when I looked at the numbers after the election happened, and I was very clearly taken aside, and I could tell that I had annoyed some people. But I did. But it, but then to myself, it's like, all right, well, do I care if I annoyed these people? Because then I'm not doing my show anymore. Again, you sort of fall into that weird thing, like, yeah. why don't I just appeal to the people who like the show, right? Like, why do I care if these people don't like it? <laughs> Otherwise, why don't I? You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We just recently did an interview with Jim C. Hines, mm. who is mm-hmm. very much a, a geek activist, sure. um, and with Jennifer K. Stoller. 
who is an amazing geek activist, and so that's a topic that's come up a lot, and that's something I feel very. It's way deeper about. than I was coming <laughs> up with. <laughs> Passionate about cats? No. Um, no, people say that all the time. It's very common. I really enjoy um, crafting. I'm a crocheter, nice. and it's something me and my mom can bond over without yelling at each other mm. most of the time. Most of the time, and it's something that's. Um, it's relaxing. Even mm-hmm. if it's like a really complicated thing, I can do it really mindlessly and just sort of go for it. And, um, you know, winters are cold, and so it's nice to make a big old blanket oh, that yeah. sits on your lap. <laughs> Don't make those in the summer. That's, that's a mistake I make, too. So. Uh, not anything for you? Uh, I'm going to go with adventure. Adventure. Very yeah, nice. I like to check things out, explore. Mm-hmm. Me and my nephew, we, we went to Champs, Roller Derby Champs. Nice. And decided that we were going to camp out in the car mm-hmm. for the weekend. In Philadelphia, it was fun. <laughs> and on the way back, we, we have very different yeah. definitions yeah. of fun. There, yeah, we I do a lot of weird things, but yeah, no. <laughs> we stopped in Centralia, Pennsylvania, where mm. Silent Hill was based on. Oh yeah, yeah. We checked out nice. some of that. That's that was cool. that was pretty cool. Any new adventures you got planned? Anything coming up you're thinking about? No. The, the whole point is to fly by the seat of your pants and find it. something amazing. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> why I love you. <laughs> I, uh, I am so much a planner. <laughs> uh, Otter, Fatal, Nadia, I want to thank you guys so much for coming in and spending time with us here today. Uh, com. I yes. get that right? Uh, I assume everything we talked about is updated on there. Yes. All yeah. right, very good. And I will, again, link everything for uh, all our listeners on the show. Thank you for coming in today and talking to us. I do appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's a great pleasure. Uh, Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Valentine's Day coming up, Heather. I saw you just look at it and roll your eyes that Valentine's Day is coming up. I, I don't really like Valentine's Day. Even when I was, like, seriously dating people for Valentine's Day, I never really liked it. And most of the women I dated were also not into Valentine's Day. Uh, just kind of makes sense, I suppose, right? What are your thoughts on Valentine's Day? You're married. You guys even do anything for Valentine's We've Day? never done really anything for Valentine's Day. Never? No. And you know what? I, I never cared. And recently when I was staying at home... And I could see people's posts of women getting flowers because they like to post their presents on Facebook. Sure. I'm suddenly messaging Zach going, um, so what are you doing for me for Valentine's Day this year? That's the trick. And, but it's social media sucked me in and I was yeah. like, well, I'm not getting anything. My husband Well, that's what me. people like it. They like stuff to post about. They post all their presents. They like put them on the table and the women take a picture of yeah. it. What's and the, they're like... What's the most grandiose Valentine's Day gift you ever got or Valentine's Day gesture? You're an attractive young woman. No one's ever had some over-the-top Valentine's Day gesture to throw at you? Not really. Did I you mean, have... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, I mean, like, I've gone to dinner and um, my... I know nothing really... No one ever, like, held a boombox out? No, I never had anything cool like that. That's why I'm mad right now. My husband. It's his fault. Anything <laughs> cool for me. <laughs> okay, what about you? You ever had any grandiose Valentine's gestures for, for people? Has anybody ever given me a grandiose Valentine's No, have you <laughs> ever determined? Yeah. That's why my husband's like, what are you doing for me for Valentine's Ooh, Day? I'm good, like, great question. It's a that great is, question. Thought, what are you doing go, for for Valentine's Day? Nothing. I'm going to make <laughs> Interesting. dinner. Interesting. I'm going to make dinner. That's pretty good, actually. I mean, That's... Lasagna. There you go. No, <laughs> I've never... Um, 
I spent a lot of years of my life working in various restaurant and bar type atmospheres. So Valentine's Day is a busy work day where you make a lot of money. Yes, um, that's very true. And when you work in those circles, um, oftentimes you may date in those circles. So you'll find the you'll find the same thing where we're just sort of like, ah, I don't know, it's just a really busy day that I've got to work. Yeah. So no, I've never really given too much into Valentine's Day. I've given it too much thought. Mm. It does seem like it's nice to take a day and take a time to mark with your happiness with your partner or whatever. But also, if you're doing it right, you're doing it all the time. They call it your anniversary too. <sighs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, too. Uh, so my high my. Valentine's Day moments of like. Choice. Have you ever done any yeah, of the top gestures? Say, I'd like to know what you no, said. I don't think so. Maybe in the early eras, like when I'm I was, trying to think back to your I early like eras. Like, made some jewelry. You made jewelry. You made jewelry. What? No, no, no. I mean, giving women jewelry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I said you made. I, I remember giving some. Okay, so I'll <laughs> tell you the what. Welders mask. Jewel crafting. <laughs> can I tell you? I gave. Okay, so this is Classic a good move. Beans. You can save this one, gentlemen. I was giving a girl a necklace for a gift. I don't remember if it was Valentine's Day or Christmas, but I gave. her it to her in like a teapot right you put the necklace in the teapot well it was connected to the top of the teapot so when you pull who wants a necklace with a teapot on it so when you open the top off the teapot the necklace would show up like it was a surprise gift right it was a little bit of a helper I tried to pull a Jim helper and this woman was mad because she thought I just got her a teapot She's like, I thought I was getting jewelry. I feel like I remember who that is. I'm sure you do. And it's very funny. I love the teapot. It was butt serious for sure. Um, (laughs) So let's get to this week's uh, history lessons. Uh, First one goes all the way back to the year 278. On this day, February 14th, 278 AD, Valentine, a holy priest in Rome in the days of Emperor Claudius, was executed. Yes, this is the dark and gristly history of Valentine's Day. All right, this is, bear with me for a second. Under the rule of Claudius the Cruel, Rome was involved in great many... Name. Great name. <laughs> was involved in many unpopular and bloody <laughs> campaigns. Uh, the emperor had to maintain a strong army, uh, but was having a difficult time getting jo- soldiers to join his military leagues. Claudius the Cruel, that is, uh, believed that Roman men were unwilling to join the army because of their strong attachment to their wives and families, as you do. Uh, to get rid of this problem, Claudius banned all marriages and engagements in Rome. Valentine, realizing the injustice of this decree, uh, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered him to be put to death. He was arrested and dragged before the perfect uh, the prefect of Rome, who condemned him to be beaten to death with clubs and to have his head yeah. cut off. You really want to have people married. <laughs> <laughs> Legend also has it that while in jail, St. Valentine um, left a farewell note for the jailer's daughter, uh, who had become his friend and signed it from your Valentine. For his great service, Valentine was named a saint after his death. Uh, now, mind you, this is a great story. Uh, the exact origins are untrue. This is one of three possible Valentine's Day myths, but this is the best one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never good heard sto- this one. So there you go. Uh, so when you're giving out that Valentine's Day gift... Remember poor St. Valentine and how he lost a head for you guys out there, for all the young lovers. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. All the young lovers. On this Wait, day- are the history lessons your Valentine to us? Yeah, I know. <laughs> is no, I was going to get you guys some of those WWE Valentines from back in the day, like oh, little square ones you'd give away in like elementary school, mm-hmm. where it'd be like, I got a headlock on your heart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> picture of the big boss man or something. It's good stuff. <laughs> You give all your friends the Hulk Hogan ones, and then people you don't like, you give them, like, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're like, you don't get Hulk Hogan. That's only for my real friends. Hulk Hogan for my real friends. Oh. 
Ultimate Warrior for my sham friends. <laughs> All right. February. All right. February 12th, uh, 1938. Uh, on this date, best-selling author Judy Bloom, known for her children's books and young adult novels, uh, was born. Can you name any Judy Bloom novels? Yeah, Ramona. And yeah. Beezus and yeah. Henry and all them. Oh, yeah. yeah, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Mm, I love Tales of a Fourth okay. Grade Nothing. Yeah, Freckle Juice. Oh, uh, Freckle Juice. Super Fudge. Yeah, Super Fudge. Lots of books. How do you remember all them? Uh, Bloom's books, were, which realistically addressed such topics as menstruation, bullying, divorce, sexuality, friendships, family, and body image, gained legions of young fans. However, their content frequently led them to be banned by school libraries. After her work was the target of an uh, organized book banning campaign in the 80s, uh, Bloom became an anti-censorship activist. Uh, to date, her books have been sold in over uh, 80 million copies and translated in more than 30 languages. Uh, I don't remember a lot of her books, but my sisters had all of them. Growing up around the house as a kid, like, they existed. When I was young, I really loved the uh, the Fudge books, like Tales of Fudge yeah. and Nothing, Super Fudge, and the other one, Fudgemania, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I read some of the Judy Bloom and a couple other ones, and the Henry. I read a lot of the books. They were Those were some of the first ones when I was in, like, uh, first or second grade or whatever it is where I really started, like, being at the library and being like, ooh, mm. this is, like, a book. And being like, sure. oh, look, I read a chapter book. <laughs> Uh, I think I've said it before. There was a book that my it was in my house as a kid, and you guys can look this up for your uh, Wikipedia homework for this week. It's called Bunicula. B u b u n n i c u l a. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. It's a story about a ro- uh, rabbit vampire. It's pretty good. It's from the seventies. It's really funny. It's I'll a, make sure I get it for Casper. It's good. He'll like it. On this day, February seventeenth, nineteen seventy-two, uh, the Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, breaks the Model T's record for the world's best-selling car as its 15 millionth, 7,034th Volkswagen Beetle comes off the assembly line. I would still drive one of those. Volkswagen Beetle? They're just a cool-looking car. They are cool-looking cars. Uh, The last one came off the production line in 2003. Oh, those are ugly. Um, So, again, there's kind of a weird backstory behind the Volkswagen Beetle. Would you like to hear it? Are you ready? All right. Okay. Strapped yeah. in, Sam. Right. Strapped it's, in. It's this, highlighted. So. History got a lot of highlighter on that page. <laughs> history of the Volkswagen Beetle dates back to 1930s Germany. In 1933, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany and announced he wanted to build new roads and affordable cars for German people. At the time, Austrian-born engineer Ferdinand Porsche was already working on creating a small car for the masses. Hitler and Porsche later met, and the engineer was charged with designing the inexpensive mass-produced Volkswagen, or quote-unquote, people's car. Uh, Full-scale vehicle production didn't begin until after World War II. In the 1950s, when the Volkswagen arrived in the USA, obviously initial reaction was tepid, due in part to, quote, the car's historic Nazi connections, unquote, as well as its small size and unusually round shape. In 1959, the advertising agency Doyle Dane Burback launched a groundbreaking campaign that promoted the car's size um, and distinct advantages to consumers, became the best-selling auto import in the United States not too long after. The only reason I remember this is there was, like, a whole episode of Mad Men that talked about the Volkswagen marketing campaign. I only watched, like, the first season of it. Everybody always tells me I like Mad Men. There's so many shows. I I like the first season. It's on my list. My mom grew up, like, and she thought the Volkswagen Beetle was, like, the end-all, be-all of cars. I think for a certain generation, Mm -hmm. this was, like, this was it. For sure. I never really liked the way they look. Oh, they look so cool. They're so cool looking. Somebody I knew had one of the new ones. I remember driving them like early on, and they were actually quite nice. They're nice cars. I took a I took a ride one day, like a nice summer ride on a trip in a convertible Volkswagen Beetle. A couple summers ago, like one of the newer ones, 
And it was actually really nice. It was pretty comfortable. Like, it was mm-hmm. bigger than I thought it would be. And that was my only experience riding one. The old ones seemed a lot smaller, though. Yeah, they were. Seemed very, were. like, small. Like, I'm not the smallest person on the planet. So <laughs> I'm just, give me, you know, give me something besides a little tiny shoe car. There's, like, an old Simpsons episode where there's the old, the big tall guy in the small car. And Nelson laughs yeah. at him. He's like, this is the only car I could afford on my... <laughs> it's a good one. We'll get one up. All right. Uh, and on this day, February 18, 2001... Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, died in a crash at um, at the 43rd Daytona 500. Yes. I remember this I happening. Remember yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through all his details. Um, he was, like, one of the more successful and recognizable, like, NASCAR competitors. Yes. I was actually sad, and I didn't even really watch NASCAR. It was, a sa- it was sad. It was really sad. Um, his death was the fourth NASCAR driver at the time to die during a nine-month period, which prompted NASCAR to implement more stringent safety regulations, neck harnesses. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, like, this era kind of strikes me as when NASCAR was, like, at the height of its powers. Like, I never really liked yeah, NASCAR. Yeah, for sure. But, but you heard about it all the time. But, yeah, NASCAR, there was articles in, like, Sports Illustrated and ESPN that were like, is NASCAR going to be the number two sport in America behind football? And that was a thing. Yep. Uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, can I tell you a really off-color joke my dad made about this? No. Maybe. My dad was working at Walmart Distribution Center at the time, and there were a lot of Dale Earnhardt fans who were very sad. And my dad did not care about NASCAR at all, hated it. And he walked in there, and there were some dudes talking about it, and he started asking him, like, Ernest, like, so, like, he was crashed, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's like, what did they, like, what, what did they do after the race? Like, did, did, where did he finish? And they're like, oh, they gave him, like, a customary, you know, like, finish. And he's like, I heard he finished dead last. Oh and my nobody God. laughed. Like, he got stared at, like, like daggers. He's like, I really thought that someone would laugh. And yeah. nobody did. He tough really, crowd. Tough yeah, crowd. Really tough crowd. Tough crowd. So, Dale Earnhardt, uh, if you're interested, there was a movie called Three that ESPN did where Barry Pepper plays Dale Earnhardt. It's actually quite good. Three things for our cue today. All right. Homework assignments. A lot of cute things for your homework assignments. All right, that's the end of History Lessons. You guys should be very pleased. We made it. <laughs> All right, so you guys ever open, like, a bag of chips or a bag of candy and feel like it's not as full as it should be? Because it's not. It's because it's not, right? No, of course not. <laughs> Apparently, this is not paranoia. Uh, earlier this week in Missouri, a federal judge denied Nestle Incorporated's motion uh, to dismiss a claim, a class action lawsuit over raisinette boxes that allegedly contained almost as much air as candy. Uh, which is true. Like, and you ever get like a bag of chips and it's like that, but they tell you it's for packing reasons. I didn't know they had a reason. I just know there was no chips. Well, it's like if you get like a bag of those kettle chips, it seems like they're sort of full yeah. and airy. Then you open them and they're half full, and it's like, oh, well, the air protects the chips from getting broken. That seems like a bunch of crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just take broken chips on. Okay, so I gotta throw this to you guys because this is this blew my mind. All right, Nestle tried and failed to pull out quote unquote the maraca argument. Do you know what the maraca argument is? I I don't like no I don't like know what it is, but I can I I hear what you're doing. Like a shaking of the box. The, I see the what they're doing. The argument is basically saying that a customer quote upon picking up the raisinets container would instantly realize that it is not filled to the brim. With each movement of the package, its contents noticeably and audibly admit a quote maraca-like rattle. Okay, that was their argument, and the judge said. This is the quote from the judge. Whether a reasonable consumer would uh, would notice rattling in the 13-second course of making this purchasing decision, let alone instantly conclude the boxes are as much as 45% slack-filled, are questions of fact. 
Uh, this is not the only company that has done this. Apparently, the Werther's original people are also having a class action lawsuit saying that their 2.7 ounce bags of caramels are unnecessarily empty uh, compared to what they should be. Why are they meeting the weight, though? Because if they're meeting the weight, then... Uh, apparently, I don't know. I gotta look. Um, and then this is a quote from the USDA. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has previously determined that consumers should not be expected to shake or otherwise manipulate the packaging of products to determine its content. Um, this seems mind-blowing to me. It doesn't... I guess it shouldn't be, though, right? Like, you should always expect any corporation to try and make as much money on their product as they can, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it's... So, yeah, it's it's awful and scummy to do, but, like, nobody should be surprised. This shouldn't be news to anybody. Should, this is news to anybody. I wake, I wake up, I guess. I don't know. Should there be some sort of, like, product-to-air ratio guideline? Yeah, probably. Probably, like, should they set that up? Probably. Like, or they should have to at least write it in large and not... They're, they can jump through hoops to hide it. Like, just be a little more honest. Mm. It's okay. Very good. Do you guys understand the music of these kids in this year generation? Well, that's a pretty wide ranging. Yeah, you know, what do you where mean? are we going with it? I'm just yeah. curious. Like, do you feel like you're connected to the music that's out there today? No, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm way behind. Way behind. How about I'm you, Kev? Do you feel connected to the modern music scene? Um, I mean, some of it, not all. There's a lot of it's mm. splintered into a lot of different subgenres. There's a good amount of it, yeah, mm. where I've got at least an ear to it, but not certainly like it was in olden times. Sure. I guess. Uh, apparently. This is an article that came out today. Uh, it was called, Why You Don't Like New Music Anymore. Or in a segment that I'm calling, Turn Off That Damn Racket. Uh, so the argument is that, like, there's all sorts of new music that floods all these streaming sites every week. And yet, it seems like people tend to go back into the things they already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so earlier this week, the New York Times recruited an author, Seth Stephen Davidson, who wrote a book called Everybody Lies, Big Data, New Data, and What the Internet Can Tell Us About Who We Really Are. And they recruited him to discover why so many people uh, just sort of stay with the music they listen to, right? Uh, According to the data, the average men's musical tastes develop between the age of 13 and 16, while a woman's takes shape around the ages of 11 and 14. Uh, Data also revealed that the early 20s are half as influential in determining adult musical tastes as their early teens. Heather, do you remember what you were listening to when you were, like, 11 Yeah, and I'm definitely not listening to it anymore. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to, like, Brandy and, like, all sorts of... Do you still... Would you not, though? Like, if you were driving around and, like, those you songs still like came Brandy? back on, would you be vibing, or would I you just I guess I would. Really like I guess it? I would like it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to find it to listen to it. I sure. listen to, like, more older music than that. Sure. So. Uh, there's an article here. Kev, you'll appreciate this. Uh, they talk about... Uh, Creep by Radiohead, as an example, is the 164th most popular song among 38-year-old men, uh, who would have been 13 when the song was released. But it's not even in the top 300 for those born in a decade earlier or a decade later. Makes sense. Uh, Even now, like, 20 and 30-somethings now will never understand Ed Sheeran, nor will the children of their children. Sheeran. Is that what it is? Oh, there you go. Uh, and then the last quote on here is, all of this is to say that, yes, it's okay to still like Blink-182 in your 30s. It's not your fault. Blame your brain. That's that's the real quote. I didn't write that. Now I see why you read the entire article. It's for that last line. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure where you were headed. I would still listen to Blink-182. I think that's an interesting point, though, and I, I do sometimes try to, like, listen to something that comes out new, and I do struggle sometimes mm-hmm. to connect to, like, newer music. Like, I'll let my students in school, like, put something on YouTube sometimes, and I just, I, I, I don't know, I try 
it's I mean you're also I think that you know with anything when you're when you're younger and you're exposed to it and it's the culture that you identify with and feel a part of as a young person it's easier to soak it all in now I find myself I'll be catching certain things mm-hmm. something will come on and I'll hear either like the younger kids on my staff or I'll hear somebody playing it or it'll be in a movie or something like ooh what's this and you pick those little things that pop out to you but it's mm-hmm. no longer like oh these are the ten albums of the last six months yeah. of the year and I've listened to all of them front and to back to see what I think you I know what I mean mm-hmm. and it becomes easier when it's streaming to go back to old favorites or to just pick out like tracks here and there mm-hmm. but I think there's also you know it's a lot more options it becomes paralyzing but I can definitely say a lot of my tastes were formed in those two yeah. periods. 13 through 16 is tough. That one got me. I was like, that's pretty tough. I, I still... wonder, yeah, but the 20s are one, too. The early 20s are one, too. If you think about your early 20s yes. and a lot of the bands that you still right. hold near and dear, you didn't listen to Pavement when you were 15, 16. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Do I think that... But is Pavement more... Do I give Pavement less leeway than, like, Blink-182? Because I was listening to Blink-182 when I was 15, 14? What do you mean? Like, I still like Blink-182, but I don't have as hard takes on them. I just like them for what they are. Like, Pavement, I feel like I go back and forth about how much I like them sometimes. Yeah, man, I mean, maybe Pavement specifically isn't the best example, maybe, yeah. but... I still love Pavement. I'm just saying, sometimes I wish they were a little more earnest. I wonder if it's different when you play music. Mm. It probably influences mm-hmm. you differently because you pay attention at a different true. level and listen, like, seek out more wide-ranging stuff, maybe. I wonder if, like, maybe somebody who plays music when they're through those ages pays more attention and sort of mm. not cares more, but cares more. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, I'm going to skip these two stories. Uh, even though one of them is interesting, we talk about him a lot. Elon Musk has been going out talking about how he wants to see a new space race. He launched the Falcon Heavy, the most powerful rocket he's ever built. Are you excited for the prospect of a new space race, If it, even if it is privatized? I'm excited for anything that they do in space or anything new. It's all exciting and, and well, different. They got a lot of... People were like complaining about that. Like, they shot the Tesla into space and <laughs> took that picture or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people complaining about, like, oh, is this what the future looks like? Is cars in space? Like, yo, that picture got more play for space than, awesome. like, anything. Yeah, like, no, anybody who says that is a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, I really saw an article this week that was like, is Elon Musk's space playboy lifestyle what we really want for the future? I was like, just, yo, just chill out. Just let it go. Just, <laughs> just, have fun. Let it have- just chill out. All right. And, guys, I have to share something with you. It skeeved me out so bad today that I realized it is the only way we could finish the show. Uh, this is a new toy. It's a new product that's coming out. It's called the Poppet Pal. What do you know? Ew, is it? No, go ahead. Do you know anything about I the Poppet Pal, Kevin? No, I don't. Is... <laughs> okay. Heather, do you miss the daily routine of painstaking cleaning out your clogged pores in the bathroom mirror? Oh, I saw this. No, I don't. Are you one of those unfortunate souls that's never suffered from adult acne? (laughs) I feel feel like I left left out. (laughs) The Poppet Pal is an incredibly gross new toy that exists because the world is an awful place full of awful people and awful things. It is a silicone square with 15 refillable quote-unquote pores packed with artificial pus that you can pop to your delight, like all those gross videos on the internet. So disgusting. It's one of the worst. They're gonna. It's twenty dollars, and it's six dollars to get additional pus because the pus is finite. Obviously, mm-hmm. is this the best or worst idea you've ever heard? Well, it's obviously not the best. <laughs> I mean, that much is. If they is, make a lot of money, it's the best idea. Of course, they make They're a lot of make money. They make a ton of money, right? Like I'm, I'm grossed out by it. But I half believe that the secret to making a lot of money in today's culture with the internet is to just, just do it, just go for it and do your thing and take the money and run and like you have to completely eat your shame so and whatever it is that you're doing. Here, do you want to see it? Look, there it is. 
Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> just, oh. That's enough. There's no reason. <laughs> just, There's no reason. A little bad, so little bad radio here for you to close out the show. And I think I think that's how we'll end it. You all right? You going to be okay? All right. It's all right. Nasty. Follow Heather on the show. Don't send her anything about the pop at pal at Heather Waz1. Bait her on Twitter so she has something to answer for next week. No, I'm not talking about anything. <laughs> follow at <laughs> underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, you follow me at SFDoom or just follow the show at Uticast. I tweeted a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Did you? What was it about? Just once. I answered, um, I answered Mel Kinney, I think, in a tweet. Mm. Oh, about how I've had that uh, Mr. Made in Utica account oh, that everybody yeah, thought that. was actually yeah. Justin. I'm I like, oh, God, no, that's been it's me. Not. I thought everybody oh. knew. Like, uh, I did, what, what is crazy to me is that people saw all those tweets and were like, yeah, that seems like something Justin would tweet. I think I mean, that says a lot. I, I think that says quite a bit. Says it all. <laughs> uh, follow the show at Uticas. Go to Uticas.com. Check out our brand new redesigned website, MadeInUtica.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher. Uh, we are all over the place. Follow us Instagram, Facebook, uh, Sayonara, Humanoids, uh, Keep It Tight, Woodstock Lives, Happy Rusev Day. We will catch you next week. Yeah. Avoid torsion. That's true. Avoid torsion. It's no good. Okay.